This is the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast, presented by eCity Interactive. eCity creates websites, marketing campaigns, and magic for higher ed institutions, large and small. Every digital challenge has a solution. eCity's talented team of problem solvers will help you find yours. And now, here's your host, Stephen App. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Stephen App. Really, really excited for today's episode. We are going to be talking with Melissa Richards, the Vice President for Communications and Enrollment Management, and Yannicka Carey, the Assistant Director of Content Strategy at Sweetbriar College. We have a ton to talk about, and I'm very excited to get to that content. Uh, so I'm not going to beat around the bush here, and let's just get right to it. Melissa and Yannicka, thank you so much for joining the Hashtag High Red Podcast. Thanks for inviting us. We're happy to be here. Thank you. There's, like I mentioned, a lot to talk about, but I, I feel, and I'm sure you're tired of this topic, but I feel like any conversation about Sweetbriar College has to start uh, with the potential closure or announcement closure, attempted closure, however you want to describe it, in 2015. And, of course, the rebirth um, that, that happened for Sweetbriar, led by a lot of the alumni. Uh, Melissa, I know that you weren't at Sweetbriar during this time, but Yannicka, I believe you were. And I'm so interested to know about the, that time period for you as a marketer promoting the school at a, at a time, just a challenging time. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely really difficult. And I don't like to look back too much now that we're past it and we finally moved on. But after what the alumni did to save Sweetbriar, I knew at the time that we were going to make it. But I also knew that it would definitely take a long time to rebuild. In March 2015, we basically stopped marketing altogether. And then when the college stayed open a few months later, we had to gear back up pretty much overnight. So the big challenge in those first few months was really that we didn't have a clear brand at all. We had to make things up on the fly. We had to discard colors or logos people didn't like anymore, and then we had to adopt new taglines someone just came up with. So there was really no time to spare. We had to get the word out that we were still open. So in our office, we really couldn't wait to implement the new brand, and we finally did that this past summer. And we've received a lot of really good responses at college fairs and from really anyone that has seen our new materials. So to me, it feels really great to have some new stuff and some strong marketing that really represents Sweetbriar and our students and alumni so well. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think the initial thought for someone hearing about this time period for Sweetbriar would really see it as, as a challenge, as a threat to your marketing. But in hearing you describe it, it almost seems like you've seen this as an opportunity, an opportunity to, to craft a new brand and really portray a message about the college that that you're proud of and that everyone believes in. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I'll chime in on that, too. I think that a major crisis like Sweetbriar experienced presents both challenges and opportunities. And we've done a great job of turning the threat into an opportunity. I mean, the positive is that the nation has now heard about Sweetbriar. The nation is rooting for Sweetbriar. On the flip side, not everybody understands that the college did not actually close. We still encounter people who say, um, oh, I thought you closed. You're still open, and they're surprised. So we've, had to, we've really had to work hard to combat that and correct that message. 
Another positive was that the alumni rallied. They came together as they had never had before in history. They went from raising $2 million a year on an annual basis uh, on average to raising $21 million in one year to save the college. So we knew this monumental feat meant we had to refresh the Sweetbriar brand. We had to capture that. We had to capture that momentum. And um, the brand had to we had to be sure that it truly represented the college, all of its constituents and all of its assets in, a, in an authentic way. And so, I mean, two years after, two years later, two and a half years now, um, it's, it, you know, it was time to change the narrative. Our brand refresh affirmed that the Sweet Bar women are confident, courageous, and strong. And, you know, the new president's vision capitalizes on what Sweetbriar has been excelling at all along, and that's women's leadership for solving contemporary problems. And so that's um, how we have focused our marketing and branding and content strategy going forward. But Melissa, you just mentioned something that I thought was interesting about how two years after the attempted closure, you knew it was time to change the narrative. Was there a certain moment, uh, an aha moment, or is it just, how do you know when it's time to say, okay, we can move past this period now and really change the narrative to be more forward thinking or, or to refresh this brand and, and really now just be future focused? There were several reasons that it was time to refresh the brand. One is that the narrative couldn't last. I mean, the story of saving Sweetbriar was a great one. It was a story of empowered alumni who came in and got the job done in a fierce way. But that's not what's going to carry the college through the future. Ten years from now, we don't want to be known as the college that almost closed. We want to be known as one of the top women's colleges in America. Another reason it was time to refresh the brand was the fact that we got a new president who came on board in May. Dr. Meredith Wu came on board in May. She was inaugurated in September. And she really brought a new vision to Sweet Briar, and we had to implement it and align the brand accordingly. Melissa, you've mentioned something now a couple a couple times. You, you keep saying uh, alumni, and I think anyone who knows Sweet Briar College knows that it is, of course, an all-women's college and, and has a rich history of being so. In general, from a you know, from a content strategy perspective, from a marketing, just general marketing perspective, does that make your job easier or does it make your job more difficult? And and when I say does that, I guess I'm thinking that really focused audience. Definitely a little bit of both. And from a communications perspective, as well as a recruitment perspective, co-ed institutions are targeting the entire pool of college-bound students in America. But for single-sex institutions, all women's colleges, the pool is cut almost exactly in half. And then we have to factor in the number of students who want to attend a small private college. And then on top of that, we have to factor in the women who are interested in attending a women's college. It's really interesting because outside of America, women's colleges are perceived as the modern approach to higher ed. Uh, President Wu uh, reminds us frequently that it's only in America where women's colleges are considered old-fashioned. Outside America, in most countries, higher ed has been co-ed so much longer that, that the women's college is considered the modern approach. It, going to a women's college and investing in a women's college is perceived as a, a new and important investment in furthering women's education. That's so fascinating um, and something I did not know. 
I imagine that impacts your enrollment targets. Are you, uh, you know, as a result, targeting international students a little bit heavier? We are definitely targeting international students, but for you know more reasons than uh, that, we really want to grow diversity and inclusion here at Sweet Briar College. We feel it's really important to ha- for that our campus is representative of the wor- representative of the world. So we want um, women of all cu- cultures and backgrounds uh, to to come together on this campus and have a common learning experience where and also one in which we can learn from one another. We've talked about the brand for Sweetbriar under this refresh and I think it's really interesting because you've really tapped into to this modern uh, viewpoint in, in terms of you know it's an it's an all women's liberal arts college uh, in the scenic foothills of Virginia. You have a, a small student body. Um, I think that there would be certain assumptions around what that message or brand might be based on just those factors. But really, you know, Sweetbriar of late has really focused on its engineering programs, its STEM curriculum. When I look at your messaging, I see words like rigor and fierce and confidence. Uh, You mentioned the rebrand refresh earlier. Can you talk a little bit more about how you came to, to choose this message and how it's been received by your audience? I would love to, and leadership is another one of those words that we've been using because Sweetbriar recently reset its curriculum in that we've done away with general education, and the new core curriculum is focused on leadership, and we've been recognized that for that across the country as a, a new model for liberal arts institutions, and leadership can take many forms and preparing women to be leaders can mean several things. I really like our president's perspective, which framed her vision for the college's reset and that leadership core curriculum that I referenced. And that really guides our messaging. She believes that our entire nation lacks a proper definition of women's leadership. Um, She uses the example that most people think in terms of data. They think of you know, the number of women who are CEOs in Fortune 500 companies, which, by the way, they're only 32. Um, but she says, and I believe this too, that that measurement, just using a data point, does not address the deep philosophical questions that we need to answer in this country today. We need to be asking questions like, how are women changing how business is done? How are women influencing the ways in which success is measured? How are they influencing what processes are needed, the role of ethics and decision-making, and what values really matter? So our brand themes of confidence, courage, women of consequence, uh, grit, fierce, leadership, these, all of these brand themes surfaced after some, an extensive survey and some focus group, focus group research with our constituents. Uh, the alumni, the faculty, and staff, and students. And those brand themes reflect the characteristics of Sweetbriar women in all aspects of their lives, the workplace, communities, even at home. And when we rolled out the brand messaging, one of the things that I really loved this fall was that students and alumni said, yes, yes, we have been doing that all along. That describes us perfectly. So we use those themes to guide our content strategy and our choices. And behind the scenes, on the web, for example, we are tagging all of that content with those themes. So uh, we will be able to sit down and measure 
how they're resonating, how they're performing, and we'll be able to make content decisions based on uh, what's resonating, what people are reading, what people are clicking through on, and um, that will guide our content decisions going forward. I love the merging of the qualitative and the quantitative Mm -hmm. now, right? Uh, Seeing that response from from your audience, but then also making sure that you've set yourself up for quantitative success. I'm curious, Melissa, how... What are the certain benchmarks from a quantitative standpoint that you're using to kind of evaluate success? Well, and benchmarks is the first step. So we've started benchmarking web traffic, click-throughs. We have a CRM that we use in our recruitment outreach so we can measure the click-throughs and open rates in emails that we send out to prospective students. we are also measuring our social presence and share of voice and media. So we're, the first step is really to establish those benchmarks and then the team sits down on a regular basis. We actually sit down weekly to talk about content choices, but we look at the measurements over longer periods of time on a either month or quarterly basis. Yeah, I mentioned earlier this kind of you know influential, really important time for for women in this country, and you know I think just even in the last year and a half, we've we've seen the size and impact of women's marches, and we're seeing more women running for for office, even in, in Virginia where you're based. Um, you know, a really momentous political victory uh, recently in in the election. Uh, you know, at the same time, we're seeing on the other side the the Me Too movement, which has brought a really important conversation. That's uh, the forefront of our minds about sexual harassment. And, you know, I'm curious in your role in this leadership role at, at your institution, do you feel, I guess I'll say our responsibility to play a role in that conversation as an institution and whether that's through your executive leadership or, or maybe your student body? We do, and it plays out in a couple of different ways. Actually, we think Sweetbriar education plays a role in all women's issues in the sense that it prepares our graduates to stand up, take charge, lead change, support one another, and be a part of the solution and be a good example to other women. It, it, I agree with you. This is a big moment in our country for women's leadership, and the Me Too movement is an example of one of the really important movements, but it's not the only one. And here at Sweetbriar, we tackle these issues inside and outside the classroom so that our graduates won't wait for a movement to motivate them. They take the lead on things on a daily basis, and they have been for a very long time. I think you mentioned how your, your alumni were saying with the rebrand that, yes, you know, yes, this, this is us. This is what we've been doing for a long time. Are you are you using in you are you using your alumni as, as stories? Are you making sure to are you following up with them and telling their story about topics that are so important right now and, and using that to to market to the next wave of, of students at Sweet Briar? We absolutely are. We're not only using them, uh, writing stories about them, they're becoming part of the story. So we uh, certainly write content features. Uh, web features, magazine features on our successful alumni, and we promote them to our students and to our prospective students. But the alumni are also digging in and helping us. They, We have hundreds of alumni who've been helping us at higher education fairs around the country over the last couple of years. So they are out there in the trenches with us and telling their own stories about their Sweetbriar experience. Hey everyone, the hashtag higher ed podcast is part of ConnectEDU, 
a podcast network bringing together brilliant minds in the higher ed space and breaking down silos. You can check it out at connectedu.network, where you can find great shows no matter where you work on campus, as well as resources for first-time and long-time podcasters. You can also follow along on Twitter at connectedupod and hashtag connectedu. One of your main marketing channels, and, and one of the reasons that I really wanted to to bring you both onto the show, is your admissions blog, uh, which you have know, noticed features a really nice mix of student posts and, and articles by your administration. Um, I'm really curious if you could offer a quick overview of the admissions blog. I don't think it's been around for a terribly long time, but when did you start it officially? And, and I'm curious about the rationale for starting it. Yeah, so we started the blog this past fall, so just a few months ago, to give prospective students kind of a behind-the-scenes look at Sweetbriar, at our student life, the admissions process, and pretty much everything they need to know to make an informed decision during the application process. And we're also trying to better tie in email communications we're sending out to prospective students with the content on our website. So whenever possible, we align those blog topics with email communications that are going out that week as well. Yeah, and I mentioned you have this mix of student blogs and you know, your administration who are also writing. I'm curious how, you know, why not just go from a student perspective? Um, you know, and how, are you, how are you even going about selecting or maybe mm-hmm. soliciting uh, guest posts for the blog? Yeah, so our main bloggers are student admissions ambassadors because we really want prospective students to hear a student's voice. But sometimes we just need subject experts, but most of the time we will have students write. So what we did was we started by brainstorming a list of topics in our communications office, and then we asked for ideas from admissions counselors too because they hear a lot of stuff at college fairs, they get a lot of questions, so that's really useful for us to know what are students really interested in? What should we be addressing? Are there maybe things that aren't answered on our website right now that you know students should really know? And then we also solicited topics from our ambassadors as well. And based on all that, I assign topics based on bloggers' interests and expertise. And I love that you're using college fairs. Like this is this is repurposing 101, getting them to to take what they're hearing at their events and, and bringing it back for, for content creation. How how formal is that process? Is this just a stop by, knock on my door when you have a new topic? Is, is it a little bit more formal than that? Um, we have weekly meetings with admissions, so that's been really great this year that we're, we have a much closer relationship now. So we, of course, you know, we send emails to, we have a shared content calendar for the admissions blog that everyone can add to and and edit as they please. And they can email me. We also use Slack. We have a lot of different ways of communicating, but the, the meeting that we have every week is the main way that we get together and share ideas. Excellent. And it always comes back to Slack, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes, it does. Yeah. We love Slack. You mentioned the the topics here, and now you're assigning topics uh, based on bloggers' interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much direction are you giving your authors? Are you are you kind of giving them free reign, and then just checking in before it gets published? Are you checking in with them regularly throughout the creative process? Uh, I'm really curious to know how that's working. Um, it depends. I mean, I generally give them a lot of freedom, and it's worked pretty well so far. Sometimes I have to check in if I don't hear anything for a couple of weeks. Um, Usually I will send them the topic, the deadline, and the word count, and then I try to edit as lightly as possible before the post is published. Sometimes I might have to change the formatting. I might 
turn a long paragraph into a listicle because it just reads better, you know, for marketing purposes. But I try not to change their voice too much. I really try to keep it authentic. You, you mentioned you started this uh, back in the fall. I have to say it's alarming, your regularity. Mm-hmm. You are every Friday mm-hmm. without fail here on your publishing uh, I'm curious how you decided on once a week, uh, if Friday was, was chosen for any particular significance, uh, how did we get to this publishing cadence? Well, um, I think we decided to do it once a week just because we felt that it needed to be at least weekly. Um, we didn't want it to fall off and, and just, yeah, we, we just decided it had to be a weekly po- blog post at least. So there wasn't a big reason behind that, but Friday just seemed like a good day because it's not usually a breaking news kind of day, and we tend to have a lot of other news items that come up earlier in the week. So Friday, in my mind, is a good day for a blog post that's not, you know, breaking news. It's kind of, it can be timeless content, too. It's content that can kind of sit over the weekend and can be read at people's convenience. So parents or prospective students might have, might be browsing anyway, looking at colleges, so they have time to read over the weekend. With any new project, that conversation always needs to start with the goals for that project. I'm curious, Janneke, what were your initial goals for this admissions blog and, and how are you evaluating success against those goals? Yeah. So, of course, our overall goals were to create excitement around Sweetbriar and to drive more traffic to our website, especially to the admissions pages. And we also repurposed some of them as emails to prospective students. So we generally wanted to create more content that we could use but more specifically we wanted to put real life experiences with the admissions process and really provide useful advice that offers prospective students real insight into what it's like to study at Sweetbriar. We're a small close-knit community and that admissions blog really gives us an opportunity to put a personal touch on the whole admissions process and to really show students what it's like to be a student here. This is always a really hard question to ask because, of course, this is this is a really important project to you. It's a, it's a new project that's top of mind. Do you have a favorite article that's gone up on the blog Ooh. thus far? <laughs> oh, God, that's hard. <laughs> I think one of my favorites is probably the international one, what it's like to be an international student at Sweetbriar. That was pretty touching to me to read. But there, I mean, all of them have something, you know, whenever I get them and I read them, it's, it's always touching to me. And we know all of these students. So it's, it's just, we love reading them too. And, it's, and I get excited every week to, you know, I look forward to getting the blog post and reading it. And, you know, and that's another reason why I try to not edit too heavily because I don't want to mess with the student's voice. I really want that to come through. And I, I, I get very excited to to be able to feature them and and to just hear from them. I I want to know too, you know, what their experience is here. And, and it, it, it's touching to me too, you know, when they have a good experience and they're excited about something at Sweetbriar and they, they want to share that. So really every single one has moments in it that, that I really like. One of the things I haven't touched on, but what I think is a really underrated aspect of your blog is the photography all of your your articles have really high quality photography. It doesn't feel stock photo e. It it doesn't seem like it was just quickly snapped uh, on an iPhone with the front facing <laughs> lens. It has terrible you know resolution. 
how are you going about getting your photography for this blog and why did you decide to to make the investment to make sure that it was really high quality images? We have an awesome photographer in our office. So most of the photos are taken by her. Some photos we take probably for the blog post, but a lot of them we already have. So because we're a pretty small campus, most of the the students that blog for us or, you know, whatever topic they write about, we already have photos have to do with that or that feature those students or that, you know, are just that fit perfectly. So it's, you know, the likelihood is, is pretty great that she's already taken that photo and that we have it in our library. So most of the time I'm lucky enough to be able to to use a really high quality photo. Yeah, I think I'll speak to the about the photographer as well. Her style is very authentic. And I think she does a great job of capturing moments. And she captures our students in these moments. Mm -hmm. And then we have this terrific library of photos that Janneke can go through and match them up with the blogs. It's only been a couple of times where we've had to go out and get a fresh photo. Yeah, or sometimes, I mean, it, it's... It happens sometimes that I might have to use a submitted photo. Maybe when, you know, someone writes about their study abroad, then I don't have a choice but to use a submitted photo. But most of the time, I'll be able to use a really nice, high-quality photo that Cassie has taken. Melissa, from your viewpoint here, this is a project that, that Yannick has done a wonderful job running. But from your perspective, why was an admissions blog worth investing in for your staff for, for their time to run this? It goes back to what one of the things that Janneke shared earlier, and that was really turning our office into a content engine. And by content, that can take lots of forms. It can be the photography, it can be written content, it can be on various platforms from social to web to the print magazine to the view book that we put out. And making sure there's a cohesive content strategy around all of those. So the admissions blog fit in as another piece, as another, another tool in our toolbox. And it really is one of the best ways to share that authentic student voice. If a prospective student gets a view book in the mail, uh, it's a beautiful marketing piece. And we believe every word that's in it. However, it reads like a marketing book. There's just no getting around it. And student, we know that students live online. They live on their mobile phones these days. So the, the admissions blog is a really accessible platform uh, where they can get that content from a student perspective. We've mentioned that this is still you know, a fairly new endeavor for you. Uh, as you move forward with this blog, I'm really curious to know what the future holds for the Sweet Briar admissions blog. Yeah, like you said, that's our. this is our first year, so we're definitely just starting out with the basics. But going forward, I think we'll definitely experiment more, and I'd like to do a lot more photo-heavy posts and definitely a lot of video, too. Hey, everyone. A quick shout-out to the agency that makes this show possible, eCity Interactive. You know, I really do love coming to work every day at eCity, and that's not just because everyone shares my love of donuts. Uh, but that's really because I get to collaborate with a talented team working on everything from user experience to content and digital marketing to web design and development and a whole lot more. Our work has earned us an incredible roster of education clients, including the University of Pennsylvania, George Washington University, Petty School, Cornell, Drexel, Rutgers, and many others. So if you're looking to improve your web and digital presence and better communicate your school's story, visit us online at ecityinteractive.com and get in touch. Well, Melissa and Janneke, thank you so much for joining the Hashtag Higher Ed podcast. 
Uh, before we let you go, a couple housekeeping matters. Where, first of all, where can listeners find you online and, and where can followers follow uh, Sweetbriar online? Yeah, thanks, Stephen. This is Melissa. You can follow me on Twitter at Melissa Richards. And then Sweetbriar's uh, profile is Sweetbriar EDU. And we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, the usual suspects. <laughs> Excellent. And of course, each week on the show, we ask our guests to give a social shout out to a colleague or individual that deserves a little bit more recognition of their work. And I know this is always a challenging part of the show, but Melissa, I believe you came with someone in mind. Yeah. And of course, I have to give a shout out first to my team here and Yannicka, who's here with me doing amazing work for Sweetbriar. We're a small team, so we can be nimble. Um, we can respond to things quickly in the moment. So our posts are timely. And we're, um, I think they're really smart uh, as well as creative. But I'll also give a social shout out to Meg Keniston at St. Lawrence University and my former team there. They are also doing great work. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, as well as Snapchat, uh, where they're doing some really creative things with students actually managing the account, uh, and as well as Instagram. Here we go, Saints account, and uh, St. Lawrence U is uh, where you can find them. They also have a great student-authored blog that you'll want to follow. Excellent. Well, once again, Melissa and Yannicka, thank you so much for joining the Hashtag Hire podcast. And we'll, uh, we'll be following Sweetbriar's blog and looking forward to future posts. Excellent. Thank you. 